Good morning, my beloved listeners. I am still house-sitting, and um, I've grown quite attached to all these animals. Uh, Just to let you all know, those of you who have listened to me pretty regularly, I, some of the cat, two of the cats got out, (laughs) even though they said, don't let the cats out. Two of the cats made their way out. They just literally, I, they figured out how to wiggle out of my hands. I mean, I had a hold of them and they still got out. So, um, but they did come back. Thank God. One of them, uh, so one of them had come back and the other one, I had seen him, but he didn't come in. And then I was like making jokes in my own head, like maybe I saw an apparition and maybe Howard has, you know, left his body, but I just saw his ghost. <laughs> and, uh, but no, no, Howard did come back. But um, I have a few more days with my beloved furry friends here and then I will be um, giving their their responsibility back to their, to their rightful family. (laughs) Yesterday, uh, somebody who normally lives here came home and uh, one of them, he, I'm sorry, I know you're not supposed to have favorites, but for some reason, I just absolutely love this dog. Um, He was actually leaping in the air, like leaping. His feet were like, like off the ground when he saw his, uh, regular person it was really sweet um although they do seem to really like me and appreciate me I think they uh will be so happy when their family comes home (laughs) but uh so yes I've gone on for two minutes about uh these beloved animals uh I do really 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 love animals um but I wanted to uh continue with uh do a part two of mysticism. You know, it was, it was, a. you know, I've, I've said repeatedly, you know, that I studied the works of David Hawkins for many years. You know, it was just one of those things that was really esoteric to me. And I did not understand what it was. I was like, I have no idea what mysticism is. I don't know what a mystic is. Even when I read the definition, I'd be like, I have no idea until I actually became a mystic. Um, and <clears throat> there were these other, these other um, aspects to it that were really like this, uh, this knowingness of things that I didn't understand before. I explain it like, it really is sort of like this onion and there are these layers and these layers and these layers and they and they just go in and in and you get this deeper meaning and then this deeper meaning and then this deeper meaning of things and i really believe that it just would never end there would be it would be an infinity of deeper meanings <laughs> i just don't know that you would ever have arrived it's just so funny it's like there is no destination in a way it's just uh that, oh, wow, that is knowledge, or, oh, wow, that's it, you know, it, it would, you would continuously be getting these impressions of these, uh, deeper, deeper meanings to things, and, uh, 
a couple of them I, I just wanted to talk about uh, in this podcast. Like, um, like one of them is like the the demonchality, like there's multi dimensions. In fact, I had heard it said once that there are infinite dimensions. Um, and our brain, a lot of our brains, because I think that some people are actually able to see in multiple dimensions, <clears throat> um, or at times are able to see in multiple dimensions. Uh, but there are, there are infinite dimensions and, and it's a really, really weird thing. Uh, I mean, in the sense that, uh, I mean, we, our brains for our survival have been set up to see in, you know, what they call this third dimension reality. So we're like seeing this third dimension, but there are all these dimensions that are like along with it that we are not necessarily able to perceive. Some people, I believe, are able to perceive in other dimensions. Um, and I have had just a little nibble on this. I'm just going to say that I, I actually have had more of a sense of, of, <laughs> of these, these like dimensions rather than then I could actually say that I, I, I delve into these dimensions. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Okay. And one of the aspects about this that is really, really, really freaky is the, okay. So there is this idea that there are versions of us like, like, so many versions of us and like that every single time that we make a choice which I think we're making choices a lot more than we even understand like we 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 understand that we're going through our day but we're actually making choices all day long like do I stay in bed do I not do I get up do I not do I go have coffee do I not do I put do I put cream in my coffee like all single day, do I put my foot on the gas? Do I not? Like all day long in our lives, we are making these choices, these micro choices, bam, bam, bam. And, and, and the majority of them are pretty simple and pretty easy. Yeah, I like to have cream in my coffee. Um, and it's not really, you know, any big, any big deal. But there are some people who believe or some theories that say that that part of us that made the other choice is it has splintered off into a different, you know, possibly a different dimension. Um, and this is like a really, really freaky, crazy thing to say. Um, but what I started to see that I had never seen before was this idea, and I'd heard about this, like of these parallel lives, like, and I, I started to see them. I started to actually see people 
and like their parallel lifeness and uh <laughs> all around town i would like oh yeah that person has a parallel life to this person and that person has a parallel life to this person um i started to kind of see this really it's very very strange um and then and then also this is another concept that is really freaky to me, but I think there may be some truth to it. The idea that more than one soul or entity or spirit or whatever you want to call it lives in a body. I got, I, I, there had been one time in my life where I had actually had this perception of it that this person in my life who was extremely significant had like more than one entity within themselves. I never really picked up on this before and I've been fairly intuitive throughout my life, but this was like, uh, this was like a really weird thing. Like I was wow, wow, what is that? Um, and it made me wonder if also Sometimes we don't come to this planet not through like an actual birth. It, it made me wonder if there are times where perhaps we just shift into or somebody may shift into another body and perhaps this was agreed upon before birth. I don't know. I don't know, but I've I just had this um weird understanding that things are not at all the way we've been taught or the way we perceive them because I've talked about this at length the idea that when when a tree falls in a forest it does not make a sound unless there is a receptor to hear the sound the it will make a wave but if there's nothing to perceive the wave, there would be no sound. And then my idea is that it's, this is also happening with our vision, which is really weird because, I mean, it's a really weird concept to think about because, um, because we, we perceive things and we believe them to be real but absolutely everything is energy. It's vibration. Like this, this where I'm sitting right now, this is a, a vibration. It is vibrating at a certain frequency with which for me to be able to be able to sit. Like my cup is vibrating in such a way that I'm able to, it's able to contain the coffee that is in it. And so these ideas are, are really, really, really bizarre. <laughs> They're just so bizarre. But at some point, I started to like have this understanding about these things. Um, and, and, and then also the idea of, of time. I mean, one, one, one night I woke up, a lot of times I wake up and then I have these like visuals in my head, these impressions in my head about how things actually go. 
And I mean, conceivably, all timelines, all all of these things that we perceive or we have we have collectively agreed upon happened at a certain year could be simultaneously happening all at the same time. Like, because the great people have discovered that there really is no, no actual time the way we think of time. There is no time that we think of time. It, it's, it's not the way we think it is. And so if that's the truth, then we are always in this now. We are always in this now. And so then it's like, I sit there and I think, then why do we age? And why do we age? And I think, you know, and I've, I've thought about this quite a bit, you know, um, mostly in myself having to do with my skin. Because like, I'll look down and I'll look at my arm and I'll be like, my God, it, you know, because my arm doesn't look, my hand doesn't really look like my hand. My arm doesn't look like my arm anymore. Um, but our skin is like exposed to the sun for so many years and it starts to, you know, react to that amount of time in the sun. And so, and so then you get these things called like age spots. Um, <laughs> these are, are dark, darkening these dark spots. When I say age spots because see, ageism is so frow. It's so frowned upon to be older in our society. You know, like the other day I was, I was, I was standing, I was getting dressed. I was, and I was sitting there, I was thinking, you know, my sense of like privacy and modesty and not really wanting people to like see me naked. I'm, I'm sitting here at this, at my friend's house and, and there's this big window right where my room is. So I shut you know, the screen so that somebody can't just see me changing. And then I thought, like, there's anything I can do about it. What are we supposed to do about our body? I just want to know. Besides have plastic surgery, which is something that I, I mean, I don't know that I would never have plastic surgery, but I don't guess that I would. I mean, I'm fairly satisfied and very, very appreciative of my body. But then on the other sense, what makes one body more beautiful than the other? And we've been told what that is. And so we believe it. We've been told what is beautiful by magazines, by society. And, and it's just, you know, it's just kind of, um, it's so ridiculous, actually, like what we've been so we're told what everything should look like. We're told what we should be attracted to. We're, um, um, I'm noticing that one of the dogs is kind of perking up like somebody's coming. Um, sorry about that aside. But, and so like, and sometimes I've made these jokes, like do whales look at each other and say, oh, you're getting kind of skinny, mob, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, it's just like the way that we have have forced people into this certain way of thinking is just rather astounding to me. Um, and so, and so, 
And so, like, there's anything I can do about my body, but also about my age. What am I supposed to do about the fact that I was born on this day and this year and that I'm this many years old? What am I to do about it? There's nothing to be done about it except to enjoy it. And and I can tell you, one of the things about being my age that I have really, really enjoyed is that when I say something, I, I, I have like a certain amount of knowledge about it that I wouldn't have had had I been younger because of my life experience. I mean, I'm not 80, but I'm not 30. <laughs> and so... And so I've had all of these life experiences under my belt. And so when I talk, I'm, I, I really think that in some ways I'm more believable because I, I have this experience through life of these, of these um, events. But, but I just, I just like, you know, so I'm like, why? So I, I've thought about this quite a bit. Like, why do we age? Why do I think, and I think a lot of times it's because we are, like, once again, we are told that at this age, you're supposed to act this way. And, you know, and, and it's just, it's just not true. It's not true. It's not true that, that what we've been told, I mean, everything is, you know, the way that you feel inside. And I generally say that I feel like I'm 23 and holding and not a day older on the inside of me. So sometimes I look in the mirror, I'm like, who is that? (laughs) Although I have to say most of the time, I'm just incredibly, I feel incredibly blessed to live in my body and in my skin and in my reality. I think I have a, a pretty great thing going. And so, and so I, you know, I'm not going to complain. I mean, I have two feet, you know, that get me where I need to be. I get, you know, I have a body that moves, a heart that beats, brain, eyes to see, ears to hear, you know. And then when I leave this body, I'm going to go to some place, you know, I believe and I'm not sure. But I'm fairly convinced at this point that we just slip into some other dimension and we live on in this other dimension and so one of the theories that I have that I'm you know not I haven't had a lot of evidence gathered about this is that once we collectively start to believe that we can see into different dimensions that we may be able to see our loved ones who have passed because this has been one thing that has really, like throughout my life, I have often wondered and thought just how weird it is that we come to this planet, we're born here, you know, and then we find people, beloved pets, um, things we just plant, we just love them. And then they, they seem to like, they die. And then it's like, oh my gosh, the sense of loss. You know, but they they really do just go on into a an, another adventure, and and I was thinking what a game changer it would be if we could actually see them in that other dimension. <laughs> but then I just had this thought that perhaps they just really want a different experience, and that experience may not include us, which is sad. 
<laughs> Perhaps they really did want to get, they wanted a whole new adventure. They didn't want a venture with us. <laughs> I just had that thought. I'm not sure it's true. It's just funny. <laughs> Um, but I do think that there is more choice in it than we would ever tr- like to like to imagine, you know, like um, I I actually I need to finish. I, I wrote this uh, or worked on this uh, trilogy that I have not finished. Um, and one of them is this idea of of the payoff of 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 death. <laughs> or like pending death uh you know and i see this on like i i i've been really vocal about the fact that i really really love my tiktok app i just absolutely love it and wow. and what i've noticed is that a lot of people there's there is a lot of um of people get more famous more tiktok famous as they put it if they are really raw about the events in their life, and most of the time they're seemingly negative. You know, my narcissistic husband tried to kill me. Um, I, I have stage four cancer. They said I'm gonna die. I mean, uh, you know, just these series of, of negativity and and I think, I really think, and I, this sounds very, very calloused, but I think quite the opposite of just, of just really falling in love with our life. Seeing life really as a gift and what am I going to do with it? I mean, what am I going to do with it? Am I going to continue to stay with this person? You know, and then in some cases, I'm I'm starting to see this huge amount of money exchange on TikTok, and uh, some of them I think are legitimate, but some of them I don't know. This could be completely staged, so that people will send these people money, <laughs> and it sounds really, um, really like a horrible thing, but like. I've had people over the last two years on multiple occasions try to scam me out of money. And so I, I'm a little bit more skeptical, you know, when somebody's asked for money. Uh, some of them, I feel like they are absolutely legitimate and I, I would be willing to give them, you know, support them. But then others, like, I, I don't really know what's going on there. Especially like if they have like only 10 TikToks and they're all regarding, you know, this supposed abuse and, oh, what do I do? You know, and then they set up a Venmo and people start sending the money. I know this is an aside, but, um, but there is this whole culture around, around the negativity that we are really quite addicted to. Um, like true, you know, or like crime shows, you know, CSI Miami, weren't there like 15 kind, you know, on TV with people and horrible things going on. And, um, it's like, I, I, I just don't know that this would be the best thing to be focused on is what I'm trying to say. 
but um but I and so and so just the idea that it would be just such a deal it would be such a change for us to actually be able to see our loved ones but also just you know they're off on a different adventure not that I not that I long to lose anybody in my life I don't I don't you know I feel the loss I've had a lot of loss in my life I I have um, but I also understand that it is my understanding that these people have never really left me. They're around me, and sometimes I can hear them. I, I can hear them, but I, I, ca- I cannot see them <laughs> generally. <laughs> but I, I, um, and the other thing that I, I think is super interesting is this idea that that a person can possibly split like I've often thought that that there's an aspect about my dad that lives in my oldest son down to the fact that my dad just hated fish he just would not eat fish he hated fish he was never going to eat a fish as long as he lived and neither will my son my son, my oldest son just hates fish he's so funny and um and and some of the other of his mannerisms and everything. The irony of it is, is that my son really, really, really struggles in math. And my dad was like a mathematician. So I'm sitting here going, you know, perhaps he came to the, this life and he just didn't really want to engage as much. I mean, he does, but his life is, the, the, the child has a pretty great life, actually. He is uh, in the autism spectrum and he doesn't have a job and there is no expectation that he's ever going to work a day in his life. And he just wanders around town, does what he wants, drinks his soda. I mean, he's got a good thing going. (laughs) And I'm sitting here like perfectly willing to let, you know, to like take care of this aspect of my dad who wants a cakewalk life. I'm like, okay, let's do it, you know. Not that I believe that we actually are here for that, because I don't. And that's um, that's something that I I, the servitude, you know, to, in the sense that we come here and we, have to, uh, we have to go and you know make money in order to live, in order to eat. In order to live in a place, in order to have electricity, somehow the money has to come from somewhere. It's not like, you know, the birds, you know, who they make their nests out of just what's there. Sounds a little bit more like the, the Native American people. Um, and like this idea of owning land or not owning land, you know, uh, for, for, you know, I guess they do have their little territories or though, right? You know, they have their territory. Get out of my, get out of my space. This is this is my hangout. <laughs> Birds and <laughs> so they do kind of claim their spot, which I understand. But uh, anyway, um, so so this whole idea that we come here to, and I think I think that this paradigm that I'm hoping is going to shift which I got this impression of this shift would be that people would just do what they really enjoy doing and make and money would come to them from doing that. 
you know, painting and singing and doing resin and artistic things and even not, you know, like um, healers and um, people like to build houses. And I mean, we need all kinds of people who love carpentry. I mean, there's people who absolutely love to paint even walls. You know, they like to to make something more beautiful. There's people who like to put down flooring. They love, you know, that industry. And so, and so if we were all doing what we love to do and then just being paid to do that, um, what a wonderful world it would be. <laughs> anyway, and on that note, I have to go because I have to get ready to go to my, my paying gig. Anyway, thank you for listening. I will be back with more. And that's a wrap.